0: Hi, and welcome to the YES podcast. Here, we share a collection of real stories told by real people who have said, I am YES. I am young enough to serve. We hope these stories and the lessons in them encourage you and challenge you to get involved in kingdom work in your church, neighborhood, and life. Welcome to YES. Hi, this is Judy Wick, and I have the privilege today of being in beautiful Colorado Springs. And I'm actually just meeting for the first time an amazing gentleman. His name is Lars Dunberg. My brother Randy um, connected me with Lars because, and as soon as I met him, I could see why Randy wanted me to meet Lars. Lars is a poster child for Yes Young Enough to Serve. And so Lars, Um, Obviously, I was uh, attracted to the name of your ministry, Serve Now, and I love the tagline Procrastinate Later. (laughs) So if you could just give our listeners just a little background on what led you to launch Serve Now.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, When I was 68, it was decided by my board that my presidency should end because I was of high, age. <laughs> I and like so, that, high and age so they called in uh, another young man to take my place and uh, um, I retired and sat at home and looked at the wall for a while and then I started to search the scriptures to find the word retirement I had a job to find it uh, probably in the book of Third Corinthians where a lot of the mystical stuff we sometimes talk about in church ends up but I found another thing I found that I could Refire instead of retire and actually I'm came across a verse in the book of Joel that I had read probably a thousand times But not paid much attention to because people kept saying to me The future is behind you and I said that can't be true So I saw this verse that said your sons and daughters shall prophesy and your old men shall Shell dream dreams. Ah, there was hope for me. (laughs) And so instead of retiring, I refired. All right. And uh, got ready to start Serve Now.
0: Mm, I love that. And so how long has Serve Now been in existence?
1: Well, we are two years and two months. So we are a young organization.
0: Okay. Well, I loved some of the ministry projects that you told me about. So this is like a plethora of opportunities. And we want anyone that's listening to know that if there's something that Lars says that resonates with your heart, that you think, wow, maybe that's something that I could try, please know that we'll have his information on our website and he'll give his web address at the end. But we just would love for you to prayerfully consider as you're listening to some of these stories. So where are some of the places, uh, Lars, that serve now is actively in ministry?
1: Well, right now we're working in four countries, four very strategic countries, two in Asia, uh, Nepal and India, and one in Europe, the largest country in Europe, Ukraine, which of course is war-torn right now, and Uganda, which is a landlocked country in Eastern Africa.
0: And tell tell us what you do when you go to these countries.
1: Well, Serve Now came into being to Serve Now. Uh, We don't want to come in with a program and tell people of other nationalities, this is what you have to do. We want to hear what they have needs of being served with. And so we listen to a lot of pastors. Uh, We meet a lot of pastors that have not been pastors for long. Very often, someone gave them a Bible. They were Hindus, Muslims, or even Buddhists. Uh, and uh, God met them through reading the Bible and they began sharing their found faith with everyone. And suddenly, they had an audience and six months later, they were pastoring a church without having one hour of training of any kind. And so it's these pastors we are trying to meet up with as much as possible to see how we can help them, come alongside them, and serve in every possible way. Uh, first of all, we give them New Testaments, not them, the, the people in their church. And uh, often they have not, not had a, a, a scripture of any kind before except the pastor. And so we give them a New Testament that they can read in their language. There's always someone in the family that can read, mm-hmm. and read to the rest of the family. And... Uh, Then we found that none of them had much information at all in their background of Christian faith. So we came up with a simple set of booklets called The Basic Things You Mm. Need to Know. And uh, we created 28 of these titles, uh, 32 pages only. Um, And uh, these people that got a New Testament, every one of them also get one of these booklets every three months Mm. takes seven years to get 28 books and i tell you after they have read those booklets and heard that pastor preach on the same subjects they will be the most biblically literate people Mm. that you can dream of Uh, i wish we would see that in this country
0: wow i love the whole cycle of discipleship And how you're going in and you're you're working right in partnership with the local church and then as new converts are coming you're immediately helping the local church in discipling them and how many language did languages we are working
1: in 11 languages right now Uh, that includes all those four countries because we're doing the same program in every country that we work we also found that when people got the first book which is the basic things you need to know about Jesus, uh, they just disappeared. And we said to the pastors, what happened? We always said, we need more copies because the members went to their neighbors and said, you know, we are following this new foreign God called Jesus. And we don't quite know how to explain it to you, but this book explains it. So read this and then come with us to church. And the church started to grow because people Mm. were evangelizing their neighbors and friends.
0: Right. Oh. so where where to next where where do you what's your next mission or where
1: well it didn't stop there it it turned out that this was doing God's word but then we found these people also did God's deed uh, because suddenly a pastor would say no one in my village has ever seen a medical doctor imagine that you know we have coupon cards going to the doctor Mm -hmm. but they had never seen a doctor Mm. and these villages are full of little babies and young kids and illnesses water related most of them Mm. and so the pastor said can you do something well we could we had a medical doctor on our board in India and so we we said invite all the people in the village to the church to see the doctor and so Hindus and Muslims stood in line to go to church and there they met a Christian doctor, and some of them weren't even ill. They were just there to see the doctor, <laughs> look at him, see what they looked like. Anyway, we treated them. 80% are water-related diseases, mm. uh, worms in in the stomach and so forth. So we have medicine for all of that, and a lot of diabetes, and we, we heal that. Some of them have all kinds of wounds and... In some cases, they have to go to hospital and we make sure they can. Uh, and then after they've seen the doctor, we saw 150 patients the first time we did this. We said, can we pray for you? Mm-hmm. Oh yes. So the members of the church formed a prayer line and just prayed for these people. Mm-hmm. And then said, would you like a book about the great physician? Who's that? Jesus, a great physician. And here's the basic things you need to know about Jesus. So they went home, medicine in one hand, a book about Jesus in the other hand, and being grateful for prayers. In one case, a pastor said three months later, before when I walked across the village, if my shadow fell on one of these people, they would spit on the ground because they hated me, the Mm. representative of the foreign God. Now they invite me to their huts to have a cup of tea. And they say, You know, the medicine helped, but I think your prayers helped even more. I have this problem, can you pray for that as well? And so a bridge was built, and in one case, 30 new family in one church alone came to to the church. my word. Then last summer we had the same problem with water. They had no drinking water. We provided clean drinking water month after month. Five dollars would give clean drinking water to a low-cost family that couldn't have Mm -hmm a chance to, to get to the to the well in any other way. So these are the kinds of deed things that we do.
0: Oh, this is so exciting. Share, Lars, about um, what you were telling me earlier about some of the um, girls and women that are caught up in human trafficking and how you go in and rescue
1: Yeah, All these countries are heavy on human trafficking. Ukraine is a center for Europe. And uh, Nepal and India, uh, there, often their mothers sell their daughters Mm. into trafficking to be able to pay for their son's education. Uh. Daughters have no value in India. Mm. And so we try to get these girls before they are sold. Mm. Uh, And we take them in and we put them in tailoring schools, cosmetology schools, uh, handicraft schools, and we have almost 500 girls right now mm. in this program and that they go for six months all our trainers are believers so of course they don't just share the skills they share the faith as well and i would say about 85 percent of these girls become believers in jesus christ after they're finished oh. we had one girl who, who was different than the others uh, she was actually married with a young son but her parents had not paid her husband's parents the bridal money they had to pay. It wasn't enough. And so her husband's parents simply took um, gasoline and poured over her and set her aflame. No. And she fled, took her young son and fled, oh. ended up in hospital with third-degree burns. Oh. And when she got up, she didn't know what to do. She was walking the street saying, probably just have to become a prostitute. How can I support my son? And someone gave her a little leaflet. It said, come to the Kolkata Lighthouse if you have a problem. Well, we run the Kolkata Lighthouse. Mm. So she came there, got into the tailoring school, went out six months later as student number one, and she said, I didn't just learn a skill. I also found Jesus Christ as my best friend.
0: Wow. So Lars, I look across the table at you, and I see a um man that um retired as far as uh um your secular job but refired spiritually and just to hear the passion in your voice and just to see what god has allowed you to do and to accomplish for him and you know i just look at you and i think wow how many other adults are there out there that have this you know you have a strong business mind, a strong work ethic and how many other Christians are there out there that that have this giftedness that are retired, but um, they just need that that prompting, obviously by the Holy Spirit and just the invitation to go and get more involved like this. What could you say to just the an average, Christian maybe retired businessman or businesswoman to maybe inspire them to
1: Well, first of all, I would say welcome to serve Because there are so many opportunities for you Not just to play golf and go on cruises. Although there's nothing wrong with that But there's also an opportunity to serve him Before your time is up. We call it serve now because I realized I was getting old, and sooner, sooner or later, you know, they, they'll gather around my box and sing hymns, and I'm gone, so I want to do something now. Hmm. So now, procrastinate later. So, for example, you could volunteer where you are. Uh, there's one little interesting project we do, actually two right now, so I'll tell you about both of them if do I tell. may. Uh, when the winter comes in India and Nepal, About 10,000 children die of the cold every year, and it doesn't come on CNN or even Fox. No one talks about it here. But they die because of the cold weather. Yes, it gets below freezing in northern India and Nepal in December, January, and February. It's 28 degrees inside because they have no heat, and 28 degrees outside. Their home might be two poles and a tarp over it, so the wind goes right through it. And so we take these little kids and we give them socks, scarves, gloves, hats, a sweater, and then we wrap a blanket around them. We can do all that for 10 bucks, Not by going to Walmart here, but buying them all in India, where Walmart probably mm-hmm. buys all our stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we buy it right on location. But we have to raise money for that. And we try to do it in a way that the pastors in the church don't get upset. And so we have created a simple mason jar with a slit in the lid and a label. And uh, when you fill that, the average is $40. Mm. takes care. You see, the pastor doesn't want the change. He wants the green stuff. So you just (laughs) put the change in the jar that you have on your kitchen counter or whatever. So that's what you can do, but you can do much more than that. Uh, We encourage people who volunteer for us to go and buy 12 of these jars. They cost $8.99 for 12. And then we give you the labels and the lids and say, why don't you go? This is your volunteering. It doesn't cost you more than a little footsteps and a few words. Go to 12 places where people gather. Hair salon, barber, mom and pa restaurant, a business office. For example, my accountant, who is not a believer, has one of these jars in her office. It's always filled when I go in and see her. People are willing to give to something like that, whoever they are. And all you need to do is to go and place them and come back after six months and ask them to empty it in front of you and give you a check for that amount and they mm. keep the change because mm-hmm. otherwise you would go home with a lot of change <laughs> and we look upon a, a fraudulent <laughs> person in the IRS eyes so and we don't want to encourage that. Right. The other thing we've started, it's a different little jar and it's for Ukraine because we have a lot of uh, anti-trafficking programs there and one is just starting a bakery school that we hope will be a series of bakery school. Uh, we Call this program, Need Bread, K-N-E-A-D, Bread, question mark. Yes, they need bread, but they also need bread. (laughs) Right. And so we invite you to do exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Take that little jar, it's a different shape. Take that little jar that you get from us to bakeries and all these places that you can be part of stopping trafficking around the world Mm -hmm. by just doing that. So we need volunteers there. Finally, we do 10 trips a year right now to all these places where you can actually come and you can put the winter clothes on these kids. You can meet the girls in the anti-trafficking program. You can hand out scriptures. You can be part of the medical camps. You can even go and have summer camps for orphans. We're doing several of those around the world. And your only qualification are long arms. You can Uh hug kids and love them in the name of Jesus. We'll have interpreters there. We have a lot of grandma and grandpas that come on these trips, and they would love you to come. Welcome.
0: I love that. What did you say the age range uh, was on these trips?
1: Well, uh, the oldest one I've had so far was 89. and I would like to beat that a bit higher. Uh (laughs) Uh, And then the youngest one we had wasn't even born yet. There was a pregnant mother that came (laughs) with a baby. So we'll take everyone. I love that. And this is a great thing also to take your grandchildren on. Because if you want to impact your grandchildren with a vision for mission, this will do it. And when they go to some of these camps, they'll be the heroes among these children. So this is a great opportunity to spend money on them that way than any other way.
0: That's great. Lars, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for your passion. I see Jesus in you. And we'll just pray that someone will listen and think, okay, that is some some way that I can help or somewhere that I can go to share the love of Jesus. So thank you so much for your thank time. You. It's great to meet you. Thank you for listening to the YES Podcast. If you are interested in getting involved with YES, or would simply like more information about this ministry, we welcome you to visit our website at yestoserve.org.